And I don't know, it's like putting it We got a night of soul for you, for you, for you. Oh, God damn it. I'll be damned if I let some foreign graffiti writing soul sucking son of a bitch in an oversized cowboy hat and boots take my friend's souls and shit them down the visitor's tonight on the late night fry the movies always played heroic types but when the stage lights went out it was time for drugs and stupidity and coveting of women now it's time Time to be a little of what I'd always fantasized being. A hero. Let's take care of business. We're gonna kill us a mummy. We've got Bruce Campbell as Elvis Presley. We've got Ozzie Davis as John F. Kennedy. We've got Bubba Hotep right now on the Late Night Fright. Cue the music. Man, those girls sound good, Faith. <laughs> they sure do. Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very king of rock and roll co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, we have a good one tonight. We do. We have a movie that when you explain it to people, they give you this look. (laughs) I know the look very well because you gave me the look when I explained the setup of this movie to you. This is a movie that is full of surprises. This is one of my favorite films of all time. I mean that. This is top ten for me. This is a low-budget masterpiece. This mm-hmm. is... Uh, Faith, introduce the movie, please. <laughs> we are talking about Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep from Don Coscarelli, the auteur behind the Phantasm series. This stars Ozzie Davis as Jack, who may or may not be John F. <laughs> Kennedy. And in what I think is one of the great performances of all time, Mr. Bruce Campbell of the Evil Dead fame, National Treasure Bruce Campbell. Who's he playing, Faith? Elvis, of course. <laughs> King of rock and roll. Elvis Presley. We are going to get to that movie tonight. We're going to have some fun with it. This is, uh, this is a great movie. This was a first time watch for you, wasn't it? Yes, it was. What uh, Just broad strokes. What did you think of it? <laughs> I liked it more than I thought I would. I didn't think I'd hate it. But I mean, because the setup of this, when you tell somebody the setup, it's you get the look a little out there. Yeah. Yeah. And and the movie is kind of out there in a way, but it's deeper than I thought it would be. Right. We're going to we're going to (laughs) get to that's what she said. It's been a while since you you gave us. So that's what she said. I think it was like last week. May have been maybe the week before time. uh, (laughs) Well, uh, time doesn't exist, but it's also very fluid. (laughs) So, well, we uh, we had some. There was a fun bit of news this week. Uh, I don't know if you call it news. It was an announcement. Uh, Dead Sled Coffee. You hipped me this, Faith. Uh, Would you like to tell them what Dead Sled Coffee is doing? Let me tell them who Dead Sled is. Okay. They are kind of a macabre Mm -hmm. coffee company. You can find them at deadsledcoffee.com. Sign up for the newsletter. You get uh, 15% off of your first order. They uh, Their their go-to, their house blend is called the Morning Blend. That's M-O-U. 
R-N-I-N-G. <laughs> They've done blends for Bella Lugosi. They've done blends for Vincent Price, Vampira. Uh, they're working with a certain gentleman that we are certainly fond of. And uh, it's amazing to me that it's taken somebody this long to do a coffee with him. I know. So uh, who are they partnered up with, Faith? One of our favorites, Robert England. And that is really exciting. I'm going to have to try that. That's right. If you sign up for the newsletter, uh, you, as I said, you get 15% off and they will send you news and uh, they'll let you know when that Robert England Reserve is coming out because I think it's going to be like a special kind of one-time thing. Mm. And a uh, great article uh, that is linked there on their site if you'd like to read Robert talk about his coffee. He's very excited about it and he's all in on it. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. I think so too. I think it's very cool. So... Uh, as I said, Don Coscarelli did the movie, Bruce Campbell, Ozzie Davis. Uh, Ozzie Davis, were you, f- you're familiar with Ozzie Davis, huh? Dr. Doolittle. That's right. He played the dad. <laughs> Ozzie Davis was a, check out this slash line, actor, activist, playwright, and poet. Wow. He was the real deal. He Ozzie was. Davis was. He was also very good friends with Burt Reynolds. Uh, that's even cooler they were very very good friends um so this is definitely a cult classic it came out on june 9th 2002 in faith i think we should travel back in time to june 9th in 2002 faith what time is it it's time for the wayback machine keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle people Here we go. June 9th, 2002. The president of the United States was George W. Bush. The prime minister of the UK was Tony Blair. The pope of the Roman Catholic Church was John Paul II. And all three of those people are in the cabal that runs the world. Mm-hmm. Did I say that? I think you did. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> uh, all three members in good standing of the cabal that secretly runs the world. <laughs> Open your eyes, people. Yes. All right, here we go. The number one film for this week. What was it, Faith? It was The Sum of All Fears. Which was a Jack Ryan film starring Ben Affleck as Tom Clancy's uh, CIA analyst. Uh, This was the fourth Jack Ryan film, I believe, after Hunt for Red October and the two Harrison Ford films. (laughs) So there you go. What was the number one TV show, Faith? CSI. CSI Crime Scene Investigation. Uh, that show that show was on a long time, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you watch CSI? Was that a? I have not. I prefer true crime myself. Okay. Okay. I don't. I don't. I won't knock it. I'm wondering <laughs> if CSI had anything to do with the popularity with all this uh, true crime stuff that Maybe we so. have. So, Maybe so. That was a pretty big show. Did they do? Uh, they did CSI in like multiple cities too, didn't they? Is it still going? Isn't it still going on? Or no, that might be, that might be NCIS. I think what I'm yeah, of. a lot of a lot of alphabet shows, right? A lot of alphabet shows. A lot of them. <laughs> the number one song in the U.S. was "Foolish" by Ashanti. <laughs> in the U.K., the number one song was "Without Me" by Eminem. But do you know what was number two on the U.K. charts? What? A little less conversation by Elvis Presley. <laughs> It had gained some traction from being in the Ocean's Eleven movie that came out in December of 2001. So there you go. Speaking of Elvis, we uh, we've loved doing top five or top ten lists on the show. We had one that was 
I wouldn't have wished this on my worst enemy. No. <laughs> I don't have a worst enemy. But if I had one, I wouldn't have wished this on him. Faith, what uh, what's our top ten list tonight? We're doing a top ten list of our favorite Elvis songs. And it probably could have been like a top 50. <laughs> it really could have been 50. Yeah. Could have been 50. It was 50. really, really difficult. So we have uh, our top ten favorite Elvis tunes. Faith, we got Bruce Campbell as the king of rock and roll. Cue the music. What are we talking about tonight, Faith? Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. Faith, Bruce Campbell has a lot of charisma, doesn't he? He does. We talked about him and his charisma on the Evil Dead episode we did. Yes, we did. You know, a guy that has a lot of charisma? Mm -hmm. Johnny Depp. And we've done a musical here on this show, Sweeney Todd, and that makes me think, you know, Elvis is the king of rock and roll. Music. 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 Speaking of charisma, we've talked about a gentleman who has more charisma than anyone in the history of the world ever, haven't we, Faith? We have. And that man... Is Nicholas Cage. You know he was married to Lisa Marie. I do know that. Did you know he named his son Kalel after Superman? I did know that. Because he said it's soothing. Charisma, Faith. Charisma. Charisma. All of our episodes are available wherever podcasts can be found. We'll see you on the other side. Tonight on Cozy Corner TV at 7 o'clock on The Andy Griffith Show, Barney cornholes himself at 7.30 on Happy Days, Richie accidentally cornholes Potsy, and at 8 o'clock on Star Trek, Spock cornholes Logic, only on Cozy Corner TV. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Let's get right to it. This is a good movie. Yes, it is. I I think there's a lot to say about (laughs) it, too. Bubba Hota, based on the novella by Joe Lansdale. This was directed, as I said, by Don Coscarelli, the auteur behind the Phantasm series. Also directed another cult film called The Beastmaster. 
It's a movie I grew up watching, and I, I'm very fond of it. We should do that on the show. I have at not some seen point that in the future. It's a good little movie. Good little movie. Right. Uh, this is a good little movie too. Yes, it as is. As we said, it has Bruce Campbell of Evil Dead fame. He's Horror Hall of Fame. Yes. National treasure, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> always great, isn't he? He is. It's always a pleasure to see. It is, and this might be his finest hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Ozzy Davis is also in it. So. Let's talk about this. If you have not seen this movie, uh, there will be spoilers from here on out. Uh, I strongly urge you to watch the movie. And uh, if you haven't seen it, get out. Then come right on back. Then come right on back. Thank you, Faith. <laughs> You're welcome. You. See, I gave him the gave him the salty. You gave him the sweet. There you go. That's why we're such a good team. <laughs> um, Faith, would you like to give the setup for this movie? Oh. <laughs> so, um. Elvis is in a well. Uh, what's what, what is what is he called? I can't remember. Um, Sebastian Half. Sebastian Half. Thank you. Lives in a retirement home, and in he, Mud Creek, Texas. Texas. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he swapped lives with a Elvis impersonator, mm-hmm. and nobody believes that he is Elvis mm-hmm. because his only proof exploded in a barbecue accident, <laughs> which. Says it all pretty much now. Um, yes. And um, I mean, basically him and, you know, John F. Kennedy have to. John F. Kennedy, played by Ozzie Davis, uh-huh. who is black. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, why am I pointing out that Ozzie Davis is black? Uh, because John F. Kennedy is not. There you go. <laughs> One of the charms of this movie. I would also like to add, and I'm going to make Faith laugh here, that uh, Elvis has a growth on his pecker. Yes, he does. There it is. <laughs> Sorry, uh, the word pecker is like... It's funny, yeah. I'm like a 12-year-old boy when I hear the word. And it's... And it's uh, Faith and I are from down south, and that's a real <laughs> down south thing. So, <laughs> and uh, so, yes, that is... that is Elvis is in the nursing home mm-hmm. or rest home with John F. Kennedy. And a mummy... Mm-hmm, is sucking out the souls of... Through the assholes. <laughs> there it that's is. That's very important to it, note. It is very important to note. <laughs> that's the setup that's, for yeah, this movie. movie. That's it. And <laughs> so this movie had achieved cult status even before it came out. It got a very limited theater release. It was more of what they call a road show in that Don Coscarelli and Bruce Campbell, they had 25 prints that went out across the country, but they went from town to town a lot like John Goodman was doing in Matinee, mm-hmm. movie that we did here on the show that we both flipped <laughs> for that movie. Yes. Uh, that show is uh, it's in our back catalog. Check that out. If you haven't seen the movie Matinee, check that out because it gives you a great insight into what independent filmmaking was at mm-hmm. that time and kind of sort of might still be today possibly. But uh, they took that approach with Bubba Hotep and Bruce Campbell apparently worked his tail off, you know, promoting mm-hmm. this movie. And uh, But then it eventually came out on a DVD and, and video and that's where I found it. And... Let me take you back 20 years ago. We didn't have the the kind of uh, news, you know, the, the way that news breaks right. today. You know, you keep up with things. Obviously, the Internet was was up and humming, but, you know, you weren't checking sites every day, you know, and right. all this. And um, I had not heard of this movie. And I walk into my local video <laughs> store and it's sitting there, <laughs> Bubba Hotep, and you see Bruce Campbell is Elvis, yeah. you know, and you just. Like for me, I just had to pick it up and look at it, and then I'm reading it, and I'm going, I'm going, what is this? And <laughs> brought it home and watched it, and fell in love with it. And I think I watched it three or four times, and then bought it 
used like and i still have that used copy uh hanging around and and i love this movie um what did you think because we had talked about this movie before but i said let's let's do bubba hotep and and i gave you the spiel again just just like we did what did you think when i gave you the setup for this movie i mean uh, come on you don't watch stuff that's terrible (laughs) so i didn't think this movie was gonna be that horrible i'm like okay it's a little but come on it's elvis it's a little out there <laughs> I, I said elvis is in a nursing home and he's he and jfk fight and you a would mummy. show me clips i feel like years ago like i feel like years ago i feel like i did. had yeah to show to, and i was into oh, okay this is very interesting and i definitely need to see this movie because just the whole setup seems so strange let me ask you before you hit play on this mm-hmm. what were you expecting I really don't know, <laughs> to be honest okay. with you. I, yeah, I was kind of going an open-minded because I mean, that's, that's I mean that's the best way to live yeah, life, right? Right. <laughs> um, I'm asking for a very specific reason why I'm mm-hmm. getting this out of you because you had an experience with this movie that that I had. Mm-hmm. Now, having watched it, what did you think of it? Oh, I think it was incredible, and like I said it earlier, I think it's a lot deeper than I imagined it to be. That was what surprised me 20, almost 20 years ago when I saw this for the first time. And this movie, I've seen it 10 or 15 times now, and it only continues to get better with age. I can see that. It This movie, okay, so it was made for about a million dollars. And if you're out there and you haven't seen this movie, when you watch this film, I want you to keep in your head all of these $100 million films that Hollywood produces that are crap that have nothing right. to say mm-hmm. that are special effects driven hundred, 150 million, 200 million, whatever. Yeah. There's that, no message to them. There's no message. Um, this movie was made for a million dollars and speaks more to the human condition than any film. I think we've done on this show, possibly with the exception of unbreakable last week. I agree. Maybe the sixth sense too with, yeah. With its message. So what what did you take away from this? I mean, <laughs> first off, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about the the backtrack of this movie in my mind. Yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about the movie because before we get into what you took away, maybe that mm-hmm. should, maybe that should be last. That just popped into the, my head. This movie <laughs> is, is kind of billed as a horror film. Mm-hmm. It's wildly funny. This is one of the funniest films that we've done. It is. What was so funny about this to you? And I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what it was for me was Bruce Campbell playing Elvis. Exactly. <laughs> His whole personality just. I feel like let's talk about him for a second if we can because Absolutely. I mean, the movie, the movie lives and dies on the shoulders or chin of Bruce he, Campbell in this movie. Right. He kind of just personified him so well i think to me i mean he doesn't really sound identical you know identical to him in a way but his personality i feel like everything he's doing is believable as elvis every older elvis every time i watch this movie and i'm an elvis fan we're going to talk about elvis in a in a in Mm -hmm. a in a minute i'm an elvis fan and uh you know elvis is almost a character now in pop culture Mm -hmm. there's you know sometimes He's either like revered or he's a joke. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's there's no middle ground with right. with Elvis for some reason. And uh, but I'm, I'm a fan of Elvis and everybody knows the tropes of Elvis. So Bruce Campbell 
was uh, how old was Bruce Campbell now? He's like sixty something, maybe. I think so. So he's probably in his forties here, playing seventy year old Elvis mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> yeah, wrap your wrap your brain around that. He doesn't really look like him too much. <laughs> no, you know it's Elvis. It's supposed to be, you know it's supposed to be. You know, Elvis. yeah, you know who's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. He kind of sounds like him in a way. He's doing. He hey baby, he's doing Elvis. You know. Yeah. I've never seen anyone more embody Elvis on screen than Bruce Campbell. I mean, the first time I saw this. Five minutes in, I went, that's Elvis. Like, I'm watching Elvis. That's what I thought, too. Honestly, I was like, I feel like I'm actually watching an Elvis scene, a documentary. Yeah, documentary. <laughs> um, he doesn't feel like he's uh, doing an impression of him. Mm-hmm. but he's And the, the amazing thing about this movie is the tone of this movie is struck so early. And it's an odd movie. That you, you nail it. It's weird. It's weird. It's, it's Elvis fighting a mummy in a, uh, in a nursing home. Yeah. You know, the setup is so weird. This movie is so much better than it has any right to be. That comes from Don Coscarelli's script from the from the Joe Lansdale uh, source material, which is pretty close to. I read that years ago. Ozzy Davis is is wonderful in this. The music is amazing. Yes. The creature design is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they may do with so little. And this is one of, I think, the finest films I've ever seen in my life. And I love it. Because it's so weird, but because the setup works and it just, you know, there's no like, oh, you got to buy it. It's like, no, it, it it works. You believe that he switched places. If you know anything about the history of Elvis, you would believe that he did switch places with this guy, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but Bruce Campbell, it would. My point is, it would be so easy to do campy Elvis, to go for low hanging fruit with Elvis, mm-hmm. you know. No, the things that you would expect from Elvis, like. Oh, thank you very much. And things like that. That becomes a line in this movie that will make you cry. <laughs> right. The thank you very much will make you weep. Uh, they have fun with him, though, with the karate. That's funny because <laughs> this is a comedy, but it's all coming from the character. They're not making fun of him. Right. But it's coming from the character. This 70 year old guy, you know, hey, baby, don't make me use my stuff on you. <laughs> you know, I, I absolutely love it. And I don't care that there's a mummy in it, because for me, the movie is about this. This guy finding his mojo again Mm -hmm. and this movie has a lot to say about old people in society because you have uh daniel roebuck one of our great character actors is playing one of the guys who carts out the dead people (laughs) i i think of shakespeare those two guys carting out the dead people you know shakespeare always had the guys who commented on the action Uh you know the characters those guys are commenting on the action you know old people are useless and all this you know and uh but this movie is really about getting older mm-hmm. and it speaks to things that all of us are hopefully going to go through. Right. You know, so the deeper stuff here, and I guess we had to, we had to go through all this to get here. <laughs> Were you expecting that? No, no, it was not. So now let me ask you, what did you take away from this movie? I mean, really don't have any regrets in life. Really? There it is. <laughs> I mean, There it is. And you said it's like a documentary for me. <laughs> And I'm not being funny here. I feel like this movie writes an incredible historical wrong. Mm-hmm. And this is how Elvis died. Yeah. And I'm not being funny here. This, I mean, I'd, I'd rather believe it. <laughs> this is how he died. He died at peace in a field after defeating a mummy, mm-hmm. getting a message from the heavens Yeah, that all is well. Yeah. And I want to believe that. And it, it makes me cry. The ending of this movie... There's a few movies, every time I see it, make me cry. Uh, Field of Dreams is one. This one, 
every time I see it, it makes me cry because it's so well done. And the way that he plays Elvis and the way that that on his face and the voice. And we have to talk about the voiceover, too. The voiceover is such an integral part of this, too. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, (laughs) but it's not because it's so in character with Elvis. Exactly. (laughs) Not only the Elvis that we all know from pop culture, but the Elvis in this movie and where he is. It's wonderful. I can't say enough good things about this movie and Bruce Campbell in this movie. I I think Bruce Campbell, this is one of the finest performances by an actor in a, um, I mean this, in a role ever. And he deserves some kind of award uh, recognition for this because, and this is 20 years old, it still stands the test of time. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely agree. I I always love Bruce, but he was just... I feel like he really delivered. Like I said, he didn't. He didn't do a uh, the the over the top trying to make fun of Elvis thing. You know, it just felt they had fun with Elvis, did. but they didn't ever demean him. Right, there he's you, a yeah, human being. You right. know, that's what that's what I felt. That's why I feel like I was watching Elvis. He brought out a human quality, you know, of Elvis in that movie. Yeah. He did so good. Yes. A lot of depth. A lot of depth here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this also is a horror movie. <laughs> Uh, uh, in name, you know, there's even that's funny. Although I will say that there's a real, uh, dreamlike quality of surrealism to the first 30 or so minutes of this movie with, uh, Bruce Campbell lying in the bed and you kind of see images kind of fleeting and, and flicker and things Mm -hmm. like this as his, uh, as we said, time is kind of fluid, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, his days just wasting away. And he makes the comment, is there more to life? Than you know, uh, eating, sleeping, and shitting. You know, he makes that he makes that comment, and uh, but the the kind of flickering nature of him kind of being there, not being there, and seeing things does add to kind of the horrific element. I'm thinking of one in particular when the mummy takes the old lady and she's uh, holding on to the door frame. Mm -hmm. Did that not remind you of Elm Street? Yes, it did. (laughs) I was thinking Wes Craven, Uh Elm Street. You know, Tina. You know Mm -hmm. that that thing. so it is, I mean, yeah, it's horrific when you think about it, that they're going to, that the mummy's job in this film is to, uh, is to suck the soul out through the asshole. And then it shits it out in the visitor's toilet, as he so eloquently <laughs> says. So you're, it's, it's basically, you know, wiping you into oblivion, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's kind of scary, you know? uh, pretty much. But then there's the, the funny element to it too. It's, uh. It's got the oversized hat on and it's got the boots. You know, it's a Bubba, you know, <laughs> this Bubba oh, Hotel. It's amazing. So, um, I don't even really think of it as a horror movie. I don't either. And it kind of unfairly gets put into the horror section. Yeah, I think it more of a kind of a comedy. But uh, yeah. now we need to talk about the other guy here, Ozzie Davis. Oh, Ozzie man. Davis as Jack, uh, the only guy who listens to Elvis's stories. Uh, Ozzie Davis playing Jack. Jack, uh was John F. Kennedy, and they shot him, and then they took his brain out, and they put uh, a bag of sand in there. They dyed him black, and they threw him in this uh, old folks' home so no one would know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah. 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 It's one thing when you say Elvis is fighting a mummy. Elvis is fighting a mummy with JFK, who's now black. You know, the it's, black it's, 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 JFK. It's, the black JFK, which is what puts it over. Um, this movie plays into some of our JFK conspiracy theories, too, because there's... Uh, I remember reading years ago, you know, some someone was trying to say that the brain of JFK was being held in the White House. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's there, you know, <laughs> um, plays on those conspiracy theories as well. And uh, <laughs> Ozzie Davis as Jack is hysterical. He's very oh, I funny. Love it so much. And, and he's kind of warm, Mm-mm. but he's kind of a nut, too. <laughs> but he's funny. 
exactly. And and the way that he says things, you know, uh, and he sucks it out through the asshole, you know, <laughs> is is really great. What do you think of uh, Ozzy Davis's performance? Oh, here? I loved him in this. I mean, I feel like the the pairing of the two of them just. I mean, obviously, most of the movie is the two of them, but I don't know if it would have worked with anybody else being paired together. No, they were no, so good because it kind of is a buddy movie uh-huh. in a lot of ways. Um, I think he's wonderful, and the two of them. And what's great about these performances in this movie is the two of them take this absolutely seriously. They mm-hmm. do not play this for cheap laughs. Right. Bruce Campbell gets kind of more of the physical stuff because of the Elvis thing with the karate right. hey baby don't make me use my stuff you know that <laughs> that whole thing um ozzy davis has some really funny lines but they don't play it for laughs they play it completely serious and i think that's why i've always thought i've always been of the opinion that a movie that plays it straight but is funny right you know it doesn't <laughs> act like it's funny is way funnier than anything you know uh trying to be funny and uh the the king of that is the movie Men in Black. Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black is not playing funny, but he's the funniest thing in that movie because he's playing it straight. So right. there you go. But uh, that movie kind of has this attitude with it, and they they make this movie work, and, and it's very... The reason it pulls on the heartstrings is because they're taking this so seriously. Exactly. I was thinking that through the whole movie, especially toward the end when they kind of figured that they had to do something about this and, you know help these people you know save these yeah. people i yeah. was like you know that yeah i mean they're not they're not joking about any of this and yeah they were so good i love it because it's these two older guys finding their mojo again mm-hmm. you know and the the scene uh you know not trying to be crass here but where uh, elvis pops a boner you know <laughs> and he says uh i hadn't popped a boner like that you know in two presidential administrations <laughs> because i wasn't thinking about where my next meal was coming from he was thinking he was engaged with this mystery of this this mummy you know right. And these, it's these two old guys finding their fire again, mm-hmm. you know. And what I love about it is they're using the character of Elvis and they're using JFK. And these are two guys who I admire a lot. Mm-hmm. These are not perfect people. JFK was not a perfect guy, but I think they both did a lot of good. Right. And some would say that JFK, we talked about the cabal that secretly rules the world, that JFK was... One of maybe the last truly elected president in the United States and uh, was killed by them mm-hmm. because he was going to expose them. Mm-hmm. And he's paranoid in this movie, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. <laughs> and one of my favorite scenes is when he asked him if he knew if he had anything to do with Dallas. <laughs> so um, one more question about Ozzie Davis. Do you do you think he is JFK? Oh, yeah, I was believing it. I did. I did, too. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when he sees the 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 scar on the yes. back of the neck, you know, like, hey, what is that, man? <laughs> I love the red phone he has too. I do. <laughs> I love the red phone. I love everything this, about it. It's just so good. And his uh, his room looks like the Oval Office. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's something really sweet and magical about this, and there's something really universal about this, and there's something that if uh, if people could get past the setup for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Elvis and JFK fighting a mummy in a nursing home. You know, right? Because the setup works. It's and it's a, it's this wonderful story of of friendship and aging and and going out your way. Yeah. You know, because uh, I'm telling you, this is how Elvis died. Elvis didn't die on the toilet. No. Elvis died <laughs> at peace in that field. And that scene he does, 
and we played it in the intro of the show when he talks about being a hero and what is a hero and, and now he could be a hero. And the fact that he does it, no one sees it. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. I love it. Okay. Uh, um, the other great scene is uh, uh, when Campbell pulls out of his uh, medicine bag and he shows the picture mm. of Lisa Marie and he says, uh, that's my daughter. And, and Ozzie Davis goes, I know. Mm-hmm. That whole thing about yeah. being fought. This, this movie is working on all of the levels and you can tell Coscarelli really loves this material. Yeah. You can definitely you know? tell. You can tell that they all love this material. Mm-hmm. All love it. Uh, do you have anything else you would like to add about Bubba Hotel? You know, but you know, if, if, if the idea of this movie or the story, you know, kind of makes you second guess it, don't. Cause I think the movie is, I mean, it's, it's really well done, and it's more than yeah. you would think it is. Yeah, it it completely takes you by surprise. And again, I've seen it so many times now, and it all, it still takes me by surprise when I watch it, how good this really is. I have one thing I'd like to add. The score by Brian Tyler yes. uh, is... I forgot about that. Is, uh, Brian Tyler's done a lot of Hollywood scores now. He was kind of starting out here. This is just magical. It really is. The piece of music at the end called All Is Well, when Elvis is breathing his last breath, mm-hmm. is one of the most peaceful and, and beautiful pieces of music I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's, uh, yeah, this this score is top notch. And it kind of feels like Elvis in places, you know? It doesn't. It, it really doesn't make you miss hearing Elvis music in the movie. Yeah, an Elvis movie with no Elvis yeah. music because they couldn't afford it. Right. But yeah. it, it's really not necessary. And that theme, he uses that theme. Um, he's got this wonderful theme uh, called King's Highway that plays several times through the uh, movie in different iterations. And it, the All Is Well track brings that theme in, but he plays it kind of as more like a rockabilly thing, like a rocking thing. Mm-hmm. It's quiet, you know, it's heroic at times when mm-hmm. they're walking down that hallway, the two of them. And uh, the score, again... This movie is way better than it has any right to be, and the score is a huge part of that. And that mm-hmm. that music is just absolutely amazing. The all is well, all is well is one of my favorite bits of film score ever. <laughs> it's 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 up there. It's just there's something really it is really beautiful, really beautiful and magical about it. And I think lifts this movie even higher than mm-hmm. it already is because yeah. this is so well done. <laughs> this is so it's it's very funny and moving and, and touching and um, yeah. I mean, like I said, I I wasn't going in expecting it to be that moving you know that yeah. that that deep on that level with that but yeah i yeah. mean it's it's really good yeah absolutely it really is um that's all i have for right now me too this. you know what time it is is it time for our top 10 list time to get into the top 10 list <laughs> Let's do so it. uh we have a top five theme so i guess we're gonna have to play that twice so <laughs> so here we go cue the music Here we go. Elvis Presley. Uh, Faith, you're an Elvis fan, aren't you? I am. What is it uh, that you love so much about uh, him, his music? Every single thing. It's <laughs> a good answer. It's a good answer. Um, for me, it is his voice yes. is the meeting place of so many styles of American music. Mm-hmm. It's rock and rockabilly and soul and gospel and blues and R&B. It's, it's 
everything meets in his voice. I think his passion too is kind of what you know. You can feel him. You can you can tell yeah. that that's what he wanted to do, loved to do. He had so much passion for it. You can feel it. Yeah. I want to say this before we start. There has been in uh, recent years, but especially in recent weeks uh, here in America, uh, I'm presuming around the world, but uh, cancel culture has become this thing. And there have been people who have tried to say that Elvis was culturally appropriating music uh, from the black musicians in Memphis and all this. And uh, to that, I will say, no, he was not. And I have it on good authority. Uh, the great, artist Lloyd Price, who did personality and, you know, all these, uh, Lottie, Miss Claudia, all these things. I met him several years ago, got to spend uh, 30, 45 minutes with him. It was great. He was a very nice man. And I asked him about that and he was friends with Elvis. Now Elvis's friends included James Brown. They were like, I mean, tight. And, uh, Lloyd Price himself told me that Elvis had nothing but the utmost respect for the black artists doing this music. He had, uh, and because of him doing this music, and he would drop their names because of him doing this music. Lloyd Price said, "I made a lot of money because he, <laughs> you know, talked about me and cut some of my tunes and things like that." So no, no, no. He he was the real deal. Uh, read about him, read his biography, and uh, really get to know him because um, you know American music is nothing without him. And he would run in Memphis from the black churches to the white churches to listen to the choirs and he Mm -hmm. would sing with them and uh there is a quote out there about him where he said is falsely where he said uh, a black man can do nothing for me but shine shine my shoes he never said that that was falsely attributed to him that has been debunked uh i couldn't even picture him no he had respect for people Mm -hmm. and uh they had respect for him and and they he i think he loved people and they loved him back so i wanted i just wanted to get that out there because there is this very unfair thing that's going on Mm -hmm. with him and with certain other people. But he is, his voice is the place where so many of these styles meet and it's Southern soul and it's (laughs) rock and roll and it's Memphis music. It is Memphis. And his voice is one of the most recognizable in American history up there with Otis Redding, Sam Cooke, uh, James Brown, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, you know, Elvis. (laughs) You know Elvis. You know, I know. <laughs> you know him when you hear it. Uh, he's absolutely fabulous. If you if you're not familiar with him, it, it, hopefully these twenty tunes were, or eighteen, I think we're going to throw out tonight. Uh, uh, get familiar with them. It's it's wonderful music. Faith, you are up. We're going to do uh, <laughs> ten through six right now. All right, my number ten. I put uh, that's all right. Yeah, that's from the uh, Sun Studios sessions that he did uh, with Sam Phillips. Uh, that is Bill Black. And Scotty Moore on those albums. Uh, that was for DJ Fontana joined the band on drums. Uh, those are some really magical albums. I love that period. There's five distinct periods to Elvis. There's Sun Studios. Mm-hmm. There's uh, what I call in the uh, Heartbreak Hotel through Army stint. Mm-hmm. Then there's the uh, movie stint. Then there's 68 to 72, which might be my favorite period. And then mm-hmm. um, there's basically, uh, I'm not being funny here, uh, the Fat Elvis period. There's where he was just torn, torn, torn. They, they wore him down and then he down. died. Yeah. Um, or switched places with Sebastian Half. That's exactly what happened. In a Texas nursing home. That's it. Uh, that's all right, Mama. That is a fantastic track. Uh, my number 10 is All Shook Up. It's a good one. That's, uh, yes, that's, man, that's, 
It's just really good. Good baseline. Oh, that. we should mention we we discussed this beforehand. This is our top ten list like today. Yeah, <laughs> like as, as of, of today, as of right now. <laughs> yeah. And this, I was trying. To, I was just kind of going like favorite ones. You know, I like, mean, you even throw out the idea to list them like in release date order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you got at number nine? You're the devil in disguise. God, that's a good one too. I know. Yeah, it's got that. It's got like the two distinct parts to it too. Like you walk like an angel, right? Let's, and then yeah, and it just goes for it. Uh, number nine uh, from the Sun Studio era. I have Blue Moon, which is, I think, the most haunting thing he ever did. Uh, it, that, that's a great it recording, is. and his voice on that is wonderful. And Scotty and uh, Bill are great on that. There's so much reverb. I love uh, the old <laughs> reverb tracks. Uh, so cool. I know. It's just very cool. What do, you, what do you have at number eight? Number eight, I have Just Pretend. It's a good one. That's <laughs> a good one. I mean, they're we all, all they're all going to be good. I I like that one. That's a real good one, too. Uh-huh. Uh, number eight, I have If I Can Dream from the from the comeback special, which yeah. I think is so just Elvis. You know, it's <laughs> and we were listening to him on the way over to the studio. And one of the things we were commenting about is his range is incredible. He has this. Uh, especially when he got back from Germany, from the army, his operatic range. Uh, one of those tracks is on on here. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a little bit. But uh, if I can dream, what I admire about his voice is because I've I've uh, I've sang that tune before, and I can get the notes out. But there's parts where like I, my power is not what his to, is. You have to reach for and, it, yeah. and he has just absolute control over his voice. It's, it's amazing the control and the range he has. So yes, uh, number seven. Uh, I love me. Is that number seven? God, it's a good one. <laughs> very, very just kind of rock and roll, but R&B. You know, that's what I love about the early stuff is the R&B influence mm-hmm. on him. Um, number seven, uh, kind of a jamming little tune, Little Sister. Yeah, it's a good one. Little Sister is amazing. <laughs> I love Little Sister. Tells a good story, too, I think. It does. <laughs> Tells a good story. What do you have at number six, Faith? It's Now or Never. That's one I have a little higher, but uh, we talked about the opera voice. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that uh, when we get to it on a little higher mm-hmm. on the list. Um, that's a great track, and he did it like what forty times hitting that high note, <laughs> something like this. And my number six, uh, again from the Sun Studio sessions, uh, Mystery Train. I love, ah, I love that Mystery one. Train. I love that rockabilly feel. I love that tune. I love the story of that tune. I just I, I, I love it. <laughs> Love Are there it. any Elvis tunes that were like, <laughs> maybe some from the movie days, maybe. you know, like Clam Baker, Roustabout, or something? I don't know, but even those are listenable. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, there we go. 10 through 6 on our top 10 favorite Elvis tracks. We are going to take a very short break. This is a news break, so <laughs> stay tuned for that. And we will see you in just a few. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. The 
Cozy Corner Karate Academy was recently shut down for teaching students the two-fisted nut punch. The two-fisted nut punch is indeed a punch to the testicles utilizing two fists. While I am a female and do not have testicles, I do have oodles of sympathy, and all I can say is ow. I would also like to add this story is just nuts. Dan? Dan? I'm sorry. I was having sympathy pains. Okay. Yeah. Well, last week, we were pretty rough on Oscar winner Tom Hanks. We may have insinuated a few things about him. All I can say is they're all true. That guy is pure evil. Do some research. Start with the name Isaac Cappy. Then check out his Instagram. When Hanks or Hanks with an X, as he likes to sign off on Instagram, isn't sucking the dong of his dark satanic lord, he's posting some really weird crap on the gram. Go ahead. Check it out for yourself. Open your eyes, people. On a lighter note, wait, this is about Mariah Carey's sister Allison alleging that she and her sister were ritualistically abused in evil devil rituals when they were children. Definitely not a lighter note. And can I piggyback on that Tom Hanks story? Sure. I would like to give him a two-fisted nut punch. You're going to need to stand in line, Faith. Open your eyes, people. And that's the news.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. That was All Is Well by composer Brian Tyler from the movie that we've been talking about tonight, Bubba Hotel. Beautiful. Very beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. We have been doing the minute of culture after the news. We try to play a classical or orchestral piece of something uh, culture, you know, mm-hmm. something to make us seems smarter than we are right so that was two minutes of a film score for you tonight it <laughs> felt very fitting though it did it did that's a that's a wonderful scene it's a wonderful scene the the king on the battlefield looking up and he gets a, a nod from the heavens mm-hmm. that all is well yeah all is well this is an insane world that we live in this world We have alluded to it a few times tonight. There is a cabal of people that run this world. They are complete psychopaths. They, the power of this world is in the hands of very few, and yet they have their feet on 7 billion. That's right, 7 billion people on the planet, and a very select number of people have their feet on all of us out there. So I'm going to say something right now that may, I got to thinking about this. I was watching the end of Bubba Hotep, all is well, not having any regrets, and you know, live in your purpose, right? We mm-hmm. talked about this with Unbreakable. We talked about this tonight with Bubba Hotep. Elvis found this purpose. Elvis did what had to be done, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say this. There's a lot of things going on in the world that's insane right now, isn't it, Faith? Yes. It's crazy. There's there's a lot of crap going on. Yes. And that's what, exactly what it is. It's crap. That's it. So I don't want to get too far into it. I'm just going to throw this out. Don't do this for me. Don't do this for Faith. Don't do this for anybody but yourself, and the people around you live from your heart. Don't live from your head. Don't live from your gut. Live from your heart. Be unconditional love. And I'm saying that not in a hippy dippy way, not in a new agey kind of way. Be unconditional love. Mm-hmm. The world will change. If enough of us get together and do that, this world will change I because agree. there is some crap going on. They want to keep us divided they don't want us talking to one another they don't want us realizing that the things that uh, unite us are much greater than the things that divide us and they don't want us realizing that we are infinite consciousness having a human experience that's all i'm going to say if any of that rings true for you do it if it doesn't ring true for you do some research Mm -hmm. look into your heart it's there live from your heart be love that's all i'm going to say yeah let's finish it Let's do it. Let's finish it. We have, uh, before we do that, do you have anything you'd like to add about Bubba Hotel? That it's just amazing. It is amazing. It really is. It's life. All right. So we're going to finish off our top five Elvis tracks. Should we play the song? Sure. I think we should. I think we need to. Here we go. Because we're important like that. (laughs) Yes, we are, Faith. (laughs) Cue the music. Right, here we go. Five through one, top top ten Elvis tracks. Faith, number five. This was difficult to put here, but I have Suspicious Minds at number five. Wow. I, right. know, I know. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get to the higher <laughs> position on it. Wow, that's, that's incredible. Uh, number five, I have his take on Dusty Springfield's You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. 
I love that track. We were talking about the operatic quality to his voice. You can really hear mm-hmm. it in full effect there. I actually prefer his cover version of that tune to the original because mm-hmm. it moves a little more. Yeah. And it's a great bass line. This is a great song. It Number is. four. Number four, You've Lost That Loving Feeling. Wow, that's another great one. That's, uh, would that be the Madison Square Garden live version of that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love the way he does that. I love the backup singers on it. I love I love his range. That's another song that's just a great song. I know. Great one. Uh, let's I see, know. number four. Uh, for me, that is It's Now or Never. Uh, you had that on your mm-hmm. list as well. You know, he came back from Germany. His voice, he really worked on his voice while he had that time off while he was in the Army. And he listened to a lot of opera. And that song, It's Now or Never, is actually the old Italian piece, O Solo Mio. O Solo Mio. There it is. So they <laughs> adapted this for us Americans. And all this, then we gave it to the world. <laughs> there you go. Number three. Um, are You Lonesome Tonight? Wow. It's another great one. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That was uh, famously played, I believe, in an episode of Designing Women, if I'm not mistaken. Julia Sugarbaker, played by Dixie I Carter. I think so. Listen to it. And I had an older friend of mine tell me uh, he never really liked Elvis until he saw that episode of Designing Women, and then he got it. Hmm. He understood it at that point. Interesting. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Number three, uh, from that early rock and roll period, and I think this is one of the first punk rock tunes, Jailhouse Rock. <laughs> That's a... That is straight up. That is a uh, that's, that's a, a punk rock tune. Yeah, <laughs> that's just yeah. It's a punk rock tune. Uh, also from the movie of the same name, written by Lieber and Stoller, two of the great songwriters of all time. Check them out if you're not familiar with them. They wrote some of your favorite tunes, and you don't even realize that they did. <laughs> Number two, Faith. Kentucky Rain. Uh, written by Eddie Rabbit. Eddie oh, Rabbit. I don't think I knew that. Eddie actually. Rabbit wrote that song. I have a story about this. I played uh, music with a guy whose uncle played with Elvis. And I think was actually here for like, got this firsthand from, mm-hmm. from Eddie, Eddie rabbit, I think. So Eddie rabbit went out to the Elvis show. Elvis had had a hit with Kentucky rain and somebody in his entourage pointed out that Eddie rabbit was in the audience at night. And so he said, well, I got to meet Eddie. All right. I think this was in Vegas. And uh, so Eddie gets taken backstage. Well, he doesn't get taken backstage. I think what happened was Elvis was going to like the after party or whatever, which was somewhere else. Maybe it was in the casino. But anyway, the story I'm getting secondhand here, but firsthand, you know, from somebody else. Uh, so he gets escorted through like tunnels and mazes and all, you know, like <laughs> to the undisclosed location where Elvis is holding court. They go in the room and it's like it's a party. That's a room full of people. They're having a party. Is what, 71, whatever year it was, early 70s. And he walks in there like Elton John's there, like <laughs> somebody else he mentioned was there big at the time, you know. Uh, and Elvis is there and he's <laughs> standing there. So they walk up and they like kind of tap him on the shoulder and like a king. Uh, Eddie Rabbit's here. You know, he wrote Kentucky Rain. Big hit for you, King. He says Elvis turns around, <laughs> Elvis turns around, looks at him and goes, that's a great song. And then turns back around, gets back with his conversation. And they're like, all right, time to leave, Eddie. <laughs> Oh my god. So there you go. Um yeah, and this uh this the same guy uh told me a story that his uncle when he was in his group, uh Elvis would just want to sing old gospel tunes for like hours on end after concerts. Like I yeah. can believe that. Yeah. All right, so we need my number two, don't we? Yes, we do. My number two is Suspicious Minds. I think that's a great song. That was a comeback song for him too. That went up to number one. That was after the the comeback special and uh, I think it's a great piece of Memphis music too. Mm-hmm. All right, what is your number one? I'm so 
I'm, I'm so excited to hear this. I feel like you should already know what number one is, but all right. Number one is Can't Help Falling in Love. Ooh, now let me ask. Is that the studio version or the live? It's all of them. Okay, I love the live concert <laughs> I do too. I love that. any live concert version of his music. When he makes it move a little yes. more. My number one is Burn in Love from 1972, <laughs> his last number one, I believe. And that song for me is rock and R&B and all that stuff that he did so well. And it's just a jamming tune. I know. Jamming I'm tune. singing it in my head. Great song. <laughs> Your kisses lift me higher, Faith. Uh, I'd also like to add our good friend Susie Seeger. Uh, she is from across the pond, and uh, uh, we we love Susie. Uh, Susie was nice enough to text us. Her favorite Elvis tune is Suspicious Minds. Seems to be a I lot mean, of people's favorite. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it was my number what five. It's just hard to put, you know, but absolutely that song's killer. Absolutely, uh, yeah, he's great. It's it's amazing. It's an amazing body of work. You know, like I said, if you're out there, if you're not like, oh, I'm not an Elvis fan, just check out some of the, check out the Sun Studio stuff and then go from there. Like, just just check it out. There's plenty of material. Oh, there's there. plenty. <laughs> check out the Aloha from Hawaii concert too. His uh, version of Something by the Beatles is really something to behold, mm-hmm. and uh, all of it. So it's really great. Really, really great. Uh, you have anything you'd like to add about Elvis, uh, Bubba Hotep, Bruce Campbell? Uh, anything? There's just so much greatness. With this movie, with Elvis's music, everything. You know, if you like you said, if you haven't listened to Elvis, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, really, really do watch it. It's 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 a lot better than you think it is. Yes, it is. And uh I I'd like to echo that and say it's a fantastic film mm-hmm. and uh just live from your hearts. There you go. That's Don't it. have any regrets. No regrets. That's right. <laughs> no T- re- no regrets. T C B. There you Take go. care of business. There it is. <laughs> Faith, I'm feeling empowered like I did last week. We're, we're not going to listen for the music tonight. It, it is that time, isn't it? It is. All right, cue the music. There it is. Almost <laughs> time to say goodbye. But we have a little bit of homework for you if you're following along at home. Next week is Faith's Pick. Faith, you have a good one. I what do. are we watching next week? An American Werewolf in London. From director John Landis, 1981. Fabulous movie. Another kind of comedy horror film. So, although this one's a lot more horrific than Bubba Hotep. <laughs> so there it is. Thank you all for tuning in sincerely from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much. We hope that you're happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are. And hey, remember, turn off the news every now and then. Yes. Let's take it home, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on a leash. leash. We'll see you on the other side.